Well, hey, everybody, it's awesome to be able to be with you from wherever you are in the world. It's really exciting for me to be able to join with you during a weekend message. Pastor Dwayne is traveling, and we'll pick up on the uh, Better Together series next weekend. Really looking forward to the continuation of that series as he continues his spider web. Remember, it wasn't Charlotte's web. It was the web that holds our marriages and our, and our relationships together. Really excited about this weekend's message that I'd like to be sharing with you in just a few moments. Before we get into that, though, let's pray together, and then we can jump into the Word. Father, we thank you so very much that you are our God and there is no other. We thank you that we can come to you from wherever we are in the world, and we can just gouge on your Word. We can, we can eat of it. We can consume it. We can, we can just be part of what you have for us. Father, teach us and lead us, we pray. We love you and we honor you and we honor that all that you ask us to do. We express our desire for complete obedience as we position our lives for blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, amen and amen. A very big welcome to you again. It's awesome that you could join us from wherever you are in the world. One of the biggest questions that faces us as Christians, in fact, even if we don't believe in Jesus, is how do I be blessed? How can I live a life that is blessed, that everything I touch is blessed, everything that I do is blessed, that my, my, my children are blessed, whether I'm coming or going, I want to be blessed. I'm sure that you around the world right now are saying, yes, yes, I want to have a blessed life. I want a life that is indeed full of God's blessing, full of God's favor, and everything that I do, I know I'm walking in the blessings of God. One of the things that amused me the most about getting to know about the American culture here when we were moving over as a family was having a look at some of the, of the movies or the, or the television programs about those people who chase storms. And you got these cra this crazy footage of, of men and women driving across these plains in, in Oklahoma and, and other areas of the United States. And, and there's these massive whirlwinds and crazy storms. And they, they're just a, a hop, skip, and a jump away from the storm. And they're chasing them to get the, the footage. And I wonder sometimes if, if heaven looked down on earth and, and saw us as, as blessing chasers. We, we kind of driving frantically around looking for this, this, this blessing, this, this elusive blessed life that everybody seems to talk about, that Scripture promises that we can have. And I wonder sometimes how often we get confused between blessings and miracles. You know, we often look at our lives and, oh, if God could just do something right now, if God could just drop in and, and, and do something about this situation, my health. And, and as I'm not discounting miracles in any way, but we need to differentiate between walking a life of blessing and becoming a miracle chaser. You see, I would rather be walking a life of blessing every single day, walking in the favor of God, than get myself into a position that maybe requires a miracle. Now, I'm not talking about the unforeseen things. I'm not talking about the things that, that we don't have any control over. For those, we definitely need miracles. Now, I'm talking about the things that we decide upon, the choices we make that gets us into a corner, and then we require this thing called a miracle to get us out. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be walking in a continual space of blessing with God than become or have the need to become a miracle chaser. 
The question, though, about a blessed life and this whole process really hinges on, on what it is to me, what, is, what do we mean by a blessed life? We know that everybody would love a blessed life. We know that we're not just trying to chase after miracles here. No, we, we're talking about living a life of blessing, and that's an elusive thing. Everybody would love to, to be blessed. But what does it mean to be blessed? Do I have to do something to be blessed? And as soon as I say in the Christian arenas today, because of the onset of, of the great teachings of grace, many people say to me, no, 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 you don't have to do anything. Your, your blessings are, are God's unmerited favor. Well, well, actually, what you're defining there is God's grace in your life. Grace is unearned and unmerited. Blessings, however, are something completely different. A lot of people have erred in the space of saying, well, blessings are the same as grace, and therefore they are unearned and unmerited. Grace is something that God provides for everybody. Grace is something that is available right now for everybody. The moment you accept Jesus Christ into your life, grace not only becomes a provision from God, but a force in your life. Grace is something that drives us, that gets us up to honor God, to want to do more for Him. Grace isn't something that can be earned. I agree with you completely. But grace and blessings are two very different things. You see, grace is a gift. Grace is something that God has given to us while we were yet sinners, while we weren't doing anything good, while we weren't on the right side of God, grace was available. While we were still sinners, God loved us. Now that's grace. It was something that I didn't even know about was available to me. And as I became more involved with, with Christian beliefs and structures, I began to learn that even though I didn't know about it, grace was still available to me. But I know that I received the grace of God a long time ago into my life, but I've not always been blessed. So surely grace and blessings are two very different things. Like I said, grace is a gift unearned and unmerited from God. But blessings or a blessing requires us to do something in order for us to receive it. It's more of a reward than a non-reward. It's more of a reward than, than something that we get as just unmerited favor. Let me use an example very quickly. Jesus on the Sermon of His Mount said, Blessed are those who are pure of heart. So what that means, Jesus was saying, that for us to be blessed and be a, a life of living in a position of blessing, we need to be purifying our hearts. Did you notice? We need to be doing something to be blessed. Jesus said, blessed are the pure of heart. So in order to be blessed with a pure heart, we must allow God to purify our hearts. Grace is the result of relationship. Grace is the result of being in relationship with God. Now remember, Jesus came to make that relationship possible. So that grace then becomes a driving force in our lives. But blessings, on the other hand, are the direct result of obedience. Yes, blessings can be earned. Blessings are not the unmerited grace of God. We can position ourselves in life for more 
or less blessings. We can get into the rhythms of walking out the blessings of God through obedience. Am I sucking this out of my thumb? I hope not. I'd like you to perhaps begin the journey right now of finding one of the smaller books in the Bible, the Bible book of Micah. It's a book that happens a little way before Matthew. So if you know where your, Old, your New Testament starts and your Old Testament ends, just back up from there in the Bible and you'll find the book of Micah. Micah chapter 6, verse 6 to 8 is really the theme scripture of what we're doing and what we're speaking about today. Micah 6, 6 to 8 says this, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings and with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? And verse 8 says this, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So here, the, the, the Bible writer is thinking through, well, well, what must I do to earn this blessed life? The same kind of question that you and I started this message with. What must I do? How do I get to be a place in a place of blessing? What do I, what do I have to do? And he's saying, oh, must I bring all of these offerings to you, God? Must I come to church regularly? Must I read my Bible? Must I have a what would Jesus do bracelet on or a, or a sticker on the back of my car that identifies me as a Christian? Must I have multiple colors of highlighting in my Bible? Must I speak hallelujah, the grace and the blessing language? What must I do to have a blessed life? And we almost become a blessing or a miracle chaser. But the scripture goes on to show that it's not the things that we do, it's our position towards life. It's not necessarily our deeds, but it's our posture that will change whether or not we are walking a blessed life. Now, this desire to be blessed, as it was expressed in Micah, is very clear in the Scripture. It's it's very clear. Many men and women chased after God seeking that blessed life. The Israelites, when they were obedient to God, as they were walking through their sojourns in the desert, they were really looking to, to be obedient. They'd stumbled many times, but while they were obedient, the blessing of God was upon them. Now, this chase after blessings presupposes or, or is a premise that, and acknowledges that God has the power to bless us. Now, I'm not going to go into God's power to bless us today. Let's just all put our hands up and nod our heads and act spiritual, as Pastor Dwayne would say, and and say, hey, yes, I agree that God has the power to bless me. God is the most high God, and He has the power to bless me. God can bless human lives. But there's one step further that we need to take before we get into understanding from that scripture what it means to posture ourselves or position ourselves for blessing. Did you notice that I didn't say God can, I didn't only say God can bless us, God desires for us to be blessed. He's not sitting in the heavens with a whole bunch of treats waiting for us just to do something right, go to church, toss us a, a, a candy. No, he really wants to open the floodgates of heaven and blessings. In fact, in his mind, he has opened all potential of blessings in your life already. We just now have to position ourselves 
Like we position ourselves underneath the shower in the mornings, we can either stand in the back corner of the showers and one foot gets wet, or we can, we can stand underneath the flow of water completely and our whole body can be washed. Well, the same is true of God. He's already opened the taps of blessing. The water is already flowing, but now we need to do things to position, to posture ourselves, to maximize the flow of blessings over our lives. That scripture in Micah has a clear key of what that looks like. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a a very quick look at verse 8 and understand the three things that we need to do to come out of the corner of the shower and position ourselves completely and be drenched continually in God's blessings. Let's have a look at verse 8 of that scripture in Micah. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? He has shown us what is good. He has switched on the blessings. He has already demonstrated the goodness that he has and the intent that he has to have goodness in your life for you to be blessed. He's already shown that to us. He's turned on the tap. Here's what we've got to do, says that scripture. But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And so there are the three steps that we can take to come out of the corner of the shower with just maybe some vestige or some desire to be blessed and walking into a completely blessed life. First, it says there that we need to do justly. Uh, Put in another translation that says practice doing the right thing. You see, Scripture is often telling us that if we are faithful in what is least, we'll be faithful in what is most. An athlete, for example, he practices the small things over and over and over again, and he does them right every single time. I read a book recently that analyzed the the story of a a massive swimmer here in the United States, uh, Michael Phelps, and uh, it analyzed his behavior right through the first, the the three days build up to a race, through a race, and then after a race. How he puts his goggles on, how he puts his, his hat on or his cap on, how he prepares himself, what speeds he has to get in the warm-up pool before a race, what he's doing, even right down to what music he's listening to. Every one of the small things he does to win. Every one of the small things he does properly and with excellence. He doesn't get to a major race at the Olympics and, oh, I didn't load the right song onto my phone or onto my device. No, everything is checked and double-checked. He does the right thing, even the small things, right every time. You see, God wants you to practice in the, in the small things of doing right every time. The small things. That, that's, that's the easy things to do. He wants you to do what is right in the small things. He wants you to do what is right when no one's looking. He wants you to do what's right when everybody's looking. He wants you to do what's right all the time, in the big things and in the small things. This process of doing what is right is a state of being. It's a state of thinking. It's how we relate to others. It's how we expect others to relate to us. In every situation, in order to be blessed by God, we must be doing what is right. 
No matter how difficult that is or what the circumstances are, no matter how simple it is, remember, if you can do what is right in the small things, you will be able to do what is right in the big things. And this is step one of having a blessed life. And so doing what is right in the small things is the first step that you can take into a blessed life, into positioning yourself for blessing. But now you might be asking yourself, well, Craig, what is right? What, is, what does it mean to, to do what is right? Is it right by me? Is it right by my neighbor? Is it right by who? By what? Have a look at that first part of verse 8 again. Look at what it says. It says, he has shown you. It's right, doing right, according to what is right by God's standards and not our own. It's according to what God has told us we should be doing. No excuses, no justification. If God has called you healed, you are healed. We walk as if we are healed. We don't walk as if this ailment has got the better of us. No, we do what is right. We do what is right according to God's standards and promises. If God has called us to give, we give. If God has called us to love our enemies, we love our enemies. It does not matter what God God has asked us to do, He has asked us to do it according to His standards. And how has He shown us what is right? Where can we go and find the list of right things to do so that we can be blessed? Now remember, this is not what we need to do to get His grace. He's given you the grace. You, you can't be out of the shower of God's grace. There is no room in the world where God's reigning of grace is not pouring down. You can't find a corner away from God's grace, but you can find a corner away from God's blessing. He needs you to make this decision. He needs you, number one, to do what is right according to His standards. And sometimes doing what is right according to His standards, man, that hurts us because we'd love to do what is right according to our standards. But God has called you on to something higher. He's called you on to a grace-filled, blessed life. And if we are simply willing to wallow in the grace, that's fine. But I don't know about you, but I want to do more with God. I want to go on with God. I want my life to be a greater testimony to what God has done in, through, in me through grace. I want to see that what is right is being done by me according to His standards. And He's given me a list. Psalm 119 verse 11 to 18 is the expression of how God shows us what is right. Have a look. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgment of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servants that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. You see, Scripture is where we need to go to to find what is right. There are abundance, is an abundance of principles, of guidelines, of even direct commands that we need to be living our life by. Oh, but Craig, I, I feel so 
trapped by those rules and regulations. No, no, you're talking about religion. When I have a look at the rules and regulations that Jesus gave us, he said there's only one new commandment, and that is love. There's freedom in what God is asking us to do. Because you see, as we do what is right, as we do justly, God's blessings will begin to cover our lives. And those are blessings of freedom, blessings of peace, blessings of love and of joy, wondrous blessings that we can expect if we start to do what the Bible has already asked us to do. When we start to do what the Bible has already asked us to do, it means that we are beginning to walk out what is right in the small things and in the big things. The second point or the second step we can take from the corner of our showers into this flow of blessing, have a look at what it says there after to do justly in verse 8 of the scripture in Micah. It says this, to love mercy. Now, mercy is how we get along and fellowship with those around us. It's not just about the ones we love, but it's a lot to do with the ones that are closest to us, firstly. And we'll get into um, the others that we can show mercy to. Mercy is all about how we get on with others. It's the, this, this demonstration of mercy means being able to see and to respond to others in the same way as God has responded to us in grace. It is God's mercy that allowed the, the bounty of His grace to be unlocked to us. Being merciful to others means that because we have received the bounty of God's grace, we now unlock mercy and grace to others. We don't hold back. We, we give it away freely. We are merciful and graceful to others. Mercy is an undeserved kindness. It's pretty much a human definition of what grace is. Grace is undeserved, right? But godly grace is something that only God can give. But mercy is an undeserved kindness that we need to give others. It is the purveyor of God's grace. If somebody comes up to you and you are merciful to them, the question is, is they're going to ask why? And you can then launch into a story that you are being merciful towards them because God gave grace and was merciful towards you. It is the purveyor. It is the mechanism that we can tell the story of God's grace to others by showing mercy. It's the way that God sees and responds to us and therefore is the way we should see and respond to others. But not only is this mercy to be given to those whom we love, that's the small thing that we need to do what is right in. No, God calls us to do that which is greater. He's asking us to do right in the greater situation. It's those who we have deemed do not deserve our mercy. Now, if God's grace and His mercy is showering down upon everybody, you and me included, no matter what our position is with Jesus, grace is available, grace is coming down upon us, well then surely we do not have any right to judge who gets mercy and who does not get mercy. And that is why all through scriptures, you will find pieces of scripture that tell us, love your enemies. Love and show mercy to your enemies. 
You see, if we can show love and mercy towards our enemies, we can purvey grace to those who also need it. This is a life that God blesses. Those that can do right in the big and the small, and those that can show mercy to those they love and those that they don't. The third area that that scripture highlights that we need to be doing. So we've now taken the first step. We've started reading our Bibles. We've started finding out what God's standards are. We've started reading what God's, God's wonderful, righteous rules and regulations are that will help us move on to a wonderful life of blessing. We've taken the second step and we've started learning how to show mercy, even though that bitterness boils up in us and all of those things come up in us and unforgiveness riles up in us and shows its ugly head. No, we've decided that we're going to start walking a life of mercy, not just to those who are merciful and graceful towards us, but those that we have deemed as our enemies. The third thing that God is calling us and asking us to do, have a look at what it says in verse 8. Have a look there. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This last requirement for a positioned life of blessing indicates that we need to position or posture ourselves in our relationship with God in humility. Are we proud of our salvation? Because, you see, a proud person will hoard that which he has. A proud person will hold back his money to show how wealthy he is. A proud person will constantly be storing up his proposed gifts to show what he's been given, what he has. A proud person is somebody that will be very proud of their salvation. Now, you might be saying, no, no, I'm not proud of my salvation. I fully understand that I'm broken. I am weak. I'm not talking about your humility as regards sin. We all appreciate that we need to be humble and humble ourselves with a contrite heart before the Lord. We're not talking about that. You see, if I have been given salvation and all I'm doing is showing it off, because it's mine to have, and I'm not giving it away to others through doing the right thing and living a life of mercy. I am, in fact, proud about my salvation. I need to be giving it away freely. I need to be demonstrating it freely. I should be giving it to those I love and those who are my enemies, because I have this relationship with God that is so profound that I cannot hold back in walking a life that shows my God to others so that they can call him their God too. A blessed life can only come to a person who has entered into a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Having this blessed life often escapes us because of pride. Not just pride about our salvation, not just pride about where we are with Jesus, not just pride about how much we know about our Bible, no, no, uh, pride about who we are, who we're not. You see, false humility is pride about who we're not. I'm, I'm proud that I'm depressed because that gives me an excuse not to move on with my life. I'm proud that I have an eating disorder because that means I can wallow in self-pity. I'm proud about this, that, and the other because that means I have an excuse to do nothing. You see, positioning yourself, posturing yourself 
is going to take movement in life. It's going to take a process of saying that which I've been doing before is not a blessed way of living. I'm going to put those things down and change. Hanging on to the things of the past is pride. You don't wish to humble yourself and admit that what you've been doing hasn't been working for you. No, you want to cling on to those things, hold on to them, because that is what makes you feel comfortable. Today, do something that makes you break your space of being comfortable. Because by holding on to what is comfortable, you are being self-serving. What is holding on to be comfortable is serving yourself. Therefore, you are walking in pride. Put something down today that you value so that you can pick up something that God is asking you to do. That is humility. That is not walking in pride. Pride takes us away from the shower. We can take as many other steps and say we're doing what is right and say that we're going to live in mercy, but we can even offer mercy to others in a prideful place. We can even show off how merciful we are. That's not the kind of mercy that God is calling us to have. No, He's calling us to do all of these things, all of these right things. He's calling us to do with humility. So even though I might be doing right, I don't always have to be right. I don't always have to say that I am right. No, I need to be seeking what God is calling me and what God is saying is right. Did never say that we can walk around now and say, yes, I am right. Because then you're declaring your own righteousness and your righteousness declared by yourself is as filthy rags towards the Lord. Showing that kind of humility, that kind of, of fight against pride will begin to position you for blessing. When our will supersedes His will, we try to be equal to Him. When we want to manage our finances our way and not God's way, our will is interceding His will. And we're trying to say that we know better or that we know more than God. To really have this blessed life, we really need to be taking a look at our humility quotient. How humble are we? Not weak, insipid, and being a doormat. No, just having God's view on what we're doing, not our view on what we're doing. How much humility are we demonstrating in our walk with God? You see, this grace is the result of relationship. But blessings are the result of doing what is right, showing mercy to our enemies and those we love, and then positioning, posturing our relationship with God in a space of humility. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, God goes ahead and says something profound. And God blessed them, talking about Adam and Eve, talking about the human race. He blessed them. He had made sure that at the get-go, he had positioned them in such a way that they were under the shower of his blessings. All they had to do was listen to him. Where do I need to stand? What do I need to do? How do I conduct myself? What do I, I needed to be in relationship with God, and he would be speaking direction to them all the time so that they never stepped out of the blessing of God. 
No, they were always in the shower of his goodness because they were constantly in relationship with him, humbly acknowledging him, humbly acknowledging that he was the creator and they were the created and that they would obey him because they knew that he wanted to bless them. And God blessed them. He placed them plumb in the middle of his shower of blessings. What did Adam do for the whole of mankind? What did Eve do for the whole of mankind? Well, they were disobedient. Remember at the outset we said that blessings result from obedience. It is something that we can do. We can step out of God's blessing or we can step into God's blessing. The crazy thing about God is He doesn't care where you've been. He just wants to know that you're moving towards Him. He doesn't care what you've been doing. He just wants you to step into a place of starting to do what is right, start showing mercy, and start making sure that we position ourselves humbly in a relationship with Him. He is the Creator. He is the lawmaker. He is the the Alpha and Omega. If He says jump, I say how high. You see, when when we have that attitude, Adam and Eve fell out of that attitude. They were disobedient. And as a result... God didn't lift the blessings from mankind. No, mankind stepped out of the garden. He stepped out of the blessings. And when we step out of the blessings, there are only two masters. The world outside of walking in a blessed life, you and I both know, is a thorn-filled, thistle-filled world. That alone should be promoting us to say, you know what? Where I've been has not been in the eye of God's blessing storm. No, it's been outside. I know where the blessings are. I know what I have to do. I know what I have to feel. I know what I've got to do to have a relationship with God. I've got to put aside my thoughts, my processes, the laws I've made up to make myself feel comfortable. What I can and cannot do, how much of that has been defined by you. By Satan speaking things into mankind's heads that are not true. How much of that have we defined and put ourselves or try to put ourselves on equal footing with God? Where all we need to do is stop listening to ourselves. Stop listening to the things of the flesh and say, yes, humbly, I submit that God's rules, God's regulations, God's principles need to be adhered to because he knows best. He is the creator after all. And so while Adam and Eve walked in that obedience, well, they walked in that blessing. While they walked in disobedience, well, they found that outside of God's blessing was cursing. There was, there was curses waiting for them. God told them that as soon as you step out of this garden, as soon as you step out of my blessing, you are going to find it a little bit more difficult to have life. You're going to find that life becomes hard. Is that you? Because it certainly is me. When I'm not doing what is right, when I'm walking in a space of pride, mercy goes out the window for others. I am right, and humility is not available to me. If you're lacking blessing in your life, you're probably finding that you're lacking obedience. Obedience simply means submitting to the authority of God. It means that we do the right thing. We show mercy And we walk humbly with God. These are the three steps that you can take today to begin the journey of walking under the shower, the glorious shower of God's blessings in your life.
I pray that you don't let anything hold you back. Right now, you might be thinking to yourself, oh, but pastor, I've got this issue in my life and that issue in my life. Well, if you're trying to work those issues out, you are trying to equate yourself to God. Let Him handle those things. Turn those things humbly over to the sovereign of your life and let Him lead you through those challenges. You are not too dirty. You are not too far gone. You are not too sinful to begin the journey back into God's blessing. You already have His grace if you've accepted Jesus Christ. You can't sin that away. But what you can do is you can sin away the blessings of God in your life. You can steer your life in such a way that your life becomes removed from God's blessings and not in it. So today, make a decision. Right now, this weekend, you make a decision whether or not you've received Jesus or not, that you are going to start making a positioning and process in your life to get back into God's blessing. You're going to start the journey today. You're going to find one small thing that you haven't been doing right, and you're going to start doing that according to God's standards, not yours. You're going to find one person that you really love just to shower mercy and blessings on, and somebody that might have slighted you. You might not meet them. You might not speak to them, but in your heart, forgive them and release them. And finally, you're going to position yourself before the Lord and say, Father God, whatever it is that I have been doing in my own strength, by my own decision, by my own principles, reveal to me so that I can be guided by you in these areas and not my own thought process. And so you will find that pride goes out as the mercy comes in. And as the mercy and the pride start to fight each other, you're going to find a relationship with God in humility that will start helping you do the right thing. We don't do the right thing to get God's grace. He gives that to us while we are still doing the wrong thing. But we do the right thing to walk in God's blessing. I hope and pray that you've been blessed today. And if that is you, if you've taken a decision today to start those three steps, whether you're with Jesus or you don't have Jesus in your life, click on the banner and say, yes, that's me. I want to become part of a journey towards God's blessing. I'd love to reach out to you and send you the links of a study that we can do over the next few days on Facebook that will help you walk through these three steps. You would join that study. Join in with us as we begin the journey of positioning our lives to God's blessing. Here's what's going to happen. In the chat room, there's going to be a link. Or in the banner, there's going to be, uh, you'll be able to click on the banner as well. A pop-up will happen. A pop-up will occur on your computer or on your device. Let me have your name and your email, a little bit about you, and we'll get you connected to the resources that will help you do what is right, that will help you show mercy, and that will help you humbly position yourself towards a relationship with God. I'd love to pray with you as we conclude this weekend's message and service. Father, we just thank you that you are an amazing, amazing God. We love you, and we want to walk and do what is right with you. Father, we know that you're not withholding blessing, that you're pouring out the blessing, but we're withholding ourselves from stepping into it. Guide us and lead us to do what is right according to your standards. Guide us and lead us to show mercy, to show off the grace that you have given us. And let us do that with humility, positioned always in a relationship with you as the Most High God. Father, thank you that you take us from where we are and you point us towards your blessing. But Father, thank you that you are such a gentleman of a God that you will never force us to take that step, that you want us to take that decision. 
We love you, Heavenly Father, and we wish to be with you forever. Thank you for taking the decision that you wish to be with us forever. We pray this now, this message, this seed, into the hearts of all of those who have received it, and we pray it now in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen and amen. Hey, there's some prayer folk in the chat room. There's, there's some people in the chat room right now that would love to pray with you, be with you, chat with you, and get to know you. Don't forget, click on the banner so we can get you connected to some of those resources. I hope and pray that you have a blessed, a very, very blessed week, and we look forward to seeing you here on the Victory Life Church online platform shortly.